I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Freddie Spencer reporting after the last round of the 2017 MotoGP World Championships in Valencia, Spain. Now, we've been waiting all year. Uh, for this last round. It seems like just yesterday we were in Qatar you know, beginning the season with all the hopes and dreams that the riders have and and the unknown. And going into that first race in Qatar, what was something we knew for sure was the pace, not only the one lap speed, but it seemed like just the even the race pace that Maverick Vinales was able to run. In each and every test, after the end of last season, leading into the preseason of this year. And so, now as we go into the last race of the year, he's not even in contention for the World Championship. He was knocked out at, with his result of last race, and it's just now down to the final two competitors, as we know, Mark Marquez and Andre Divisi also on the Factor Ducati. And as we talked about all year, it was the Ducati rider that we didn't really expect it to be. We thought maybe Jorge Lorenzo would come into the Factor Ducati team and take over the mantle that was really the hole left by Casey Stoner and the speed that he was able to get out of the works Ducati. And even Valentino Rossi couldn't do anything about that when he took over the mantle in 2011 and 12, and he struggled. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Jorge Lorenzo could take that over. But it wasn't him. It was uh, Divisioso. And we have documented all season the real change in him has been the confidence, the comfort that he seems to have in his general way that he's going about preparing for the weekend. And certainly in the thing that I think is really the most, the biggest change, is his performance under pressure. Now that sounds like a very simple thing. Uh, that a rider of, at, a, at the very elite level, and all riders you would think, would be able to perform under pressure, would be able to, when they need to, have that clarity, and that's what it is. It's clarity of thought that allows you to be able to make the right decision, the right manage the race, really be able to foreshadow, you know, kind of anticipate. And it is about anticipating, not only in how the bike, your what you do on the bike, to be able to, to make the adjustments you need to, but in your race management, to be able to anticipate what you need to do in reaction to what the other rider is doing. And that's what Dovey has done so well in two of his wins this year, as we know he's beat Mark last corner, last lap, and he's made the right choice. Would he be in a position this weekend at Valencia to be able to do the same thing? We don't know. Let's first talk about the, the Valencia circuit. It is an incredible facility for the fans. I enjoy going there because you can see from the pit road, uh, the sweet boxes, which, which I get to see the race from, or even across the way where you have the grandstands. It's great for the fans. 
But to be able to do that, you got a pretty tight racetrack. And I've ridden on there a few times. And even on a uh, RS250, more like a Honda Grand Prix race, um, when we do the classic event there in, in February, it's pretty tight. On a, on a 500 that I ride around there, three-cylinder, Honda three-cylinder, it's, like I said, pretty tight. And I've ridden, um, had a school there, and so I've ridden a Panigale there. And, and all the different type bikes that I've ridden there, the main thing you notice is it's just the lack of time in between corners. It's, you seem like you're on the side of the tire quite a bit, and you're accelerating a lot on the side of the tire. And even in the short shoot between corners, right and left, it's basically you're accelerating up and over and prepared for the next corner. Very little time, straight up and down. And the longest straightaway is not that long. So, what do you think as far as it's suiting the power of the Ducati? Not so much. In fact, Ducati hasn't had a whole lot of success there, and I think that's part of the reason why. We know they struggle with being able to make a direction change under acceleration, right? That track is set up that way, as, as, as I was just describing. A lot, of, a lot of time on the edge of the tire. But it, again, it makes for great racing. It makes for close racing, uh, which is something that is, is certainly makes it more exciting because of the unknown uh, that can happen going into the last race for the championship as we saw in 2006 with Valentino Rossi going in there. He had an eight-point lead over Nicky Hayden, and he crashed in turn two. Totally unexpected. I'm, I did talk about that before, that if you remember, that was around the time he was having some of the tax issues and things. So who knows if, if that was certainly something in the back of his mind. It doesn't take a whole lot because uh, we're all human, no matter how great of a rider and Valentino may be, certainly can make a mistake. Was that going to happen this weekend with Mark Marquez having uh, a 21-point lead? Uh, was he going to uh, feel the pressure and make a mistake? The very first practice on Friday, uh, I turned on uh, the broadcast on MotoGP, in fact, and they, there was a shot of Mark um, from you know handheld camera in his garage and then it was the way he was sitting he turned to grab his helmet and I could there was a certain calmness and when he turned and I could see it in his eyes and I it was one of those things where I, I just kind of felt this is this is going to be a really good weekend for him there was a calmness that he felt I think a comfort level that he felt I understand that I've, I've felt that before I have not felt it before too but I've certainly felt it before and that is something that a rider that believes in, in being right in the right moment and it's his time and he knows exactly what he's going to do and he's prepared and and that's with any athlete but certainly from rider standpoint that's what you see and I, I recognize that in in Mark the same thing I didn't really feel so much with Dovey when they showed him during the broadcast you could see he certainly was fine but there was a certain way he moved you know I think just unsureness he he said all the pressure was certainly on Mark, but he was feeling it too, and you could see that. And I think as much as anything, he knew this track didn't suit the Ducati very well. No matter how much he believed, maybe in, in his own destiny, I think he probably realized that. And, and in fact, of course, knowing that the only chance he had to win the world championship was he had to win the race, which would get him above 21 points, and Mark would have to finish 11th or worse. And he knew that was certainly going to be a tall order. 
But that was interesting that I noticed that right away on Friday. And, and I think you could see it in the way that Mark went about even that first session. Just very methodical. He did have a crash uh, as has become norm. In fact, two crashes over the weekend. Uh, 27 he has had this year. I was trying to think back if I'd had even 27, 27 crashes over my career in Grand Prix racing. And that I, I couldn't, I tried to count them up. And um, that that's amazing, you know, that he's had that many crashes in one season. And probably, obviously, what's even more amazing is the fact he never got hurt, and he hasn't got hurt. So there's certainly that part that is worked in his favor. Going into qualifying, Mark showed what he could do. He, like I said, he had that crash in qualifying, but he, he got pole position. Uh, it looked pretty easy for him, uh, not only in, in race pace, but certainly in, in the one-lap pace. And... Uh, he had the benefit of, of the Honda working better around that track. And so he had that confidence going into, into qualifying. Johan Zarco, uh, what can you say about what he's done this season? And, and he certainly started off strong. He's struggled a bit in the beginning or in the middle part of the race or the season, but got a second at Le Mans early in the season. And then you could see what he was able to do here at the end on the 2016 M1. Um, the Yamal guys, we, we know the struggles that they've had, um, certainly in mixed conditions with the 2017 bike. They've tried even a 2018 chassis. But Valentino even said in the press, he said if he was Zarco for next season, uh, for 2018, he would refuse the 2017 bike. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. I think he, he probably, you know, he certainly will try it and we'll see what he thinks about it. Andre uh, Inoni on the Suzuki. Uh, he was third quickest time. And he's a guy who is able to put in a quick lap, but is so erratic and so inconsistent that that's got to just be so difficult for Suzuki to deal with um, week in and week out. Alex Renz, on the other hand, who struggled in the beginning of the year, certainly has come on strong, you know, after injuries he's had. And you got to be impressed with him and his potential, and he ran a very good race. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But qualifying for Dovey was, was pretty good in Jorge. There was always that possibility of, of Jorge, maybe if Dovey couldn't get his be up front to win the race, would this be Jorge's finally chance to win a race? And what a record he's had, though, in MotoGP, that every year since he joined uh, MotoGP, he's won a race. And even going back, I believe, in his Grand Prix career to 2005, 12 seasons, um, he's won at least one race in the championship. This would be the first year that he didn't if he didn't win at Valencia this past weekend. So there was some pressure, obviously, on him to, to come through and get his first win. But... I believe that his, certainly his first priority would be is, is to try to help Dovi and Ducati win, win the championship. Race day, there was no issues of, of weather in the beautiful Valencia sunshine. Uh, incredible crowd, I believe it's 110,000 people. So there was certainly a lot of anticipation being in Spain and with Mark Marquez win his sixth world championship. And it, it, we knew it was going to be exciting. The race started, and it was it was Joan Sarko, great start, uh, got out front, 
and was leading the race and Mark was right there behind him and just stayed there. And Danny Petrosha, uh, what a great wingman, was right there with Mark. And so those three were going along and then it was Jorge and, and Divisioso. Not much excitement, but there was a little bit of uncertainty and I'm sure you, you wonder too is, is Jorge was getting a message on his uh, board, on, the, on his, his, his dashboard basically, um, to, I believe it was called, they call it, change to mapping number eight, which is code for letting Divisioso Dolby buy. And he was able, he didn't do it. And after the race, they, at, you know, and there was a lot of talk about it, but I, I could see it in there that it looked like that Jorge was quicker. And, and what he was trying to do was basically keep Dolby up there, bring him along. And so he didn't, let him buy, which he didn't need to be, need to. And then Mark, with about 10 laps to go, uh, a little bit less than that, actually got by uh, Johan. And it looked like that maybe he was going to try to win the race when he realized that Dovey was dropping back or he could get, get in front of him because that's all he was concerned about. But what a massive save. Uh, I'm sure you saw that, that Mark did in turn one. He tucked the front. He does that over and over again. And it is it is amazing. It's just, you know, he saves it on his knee, and, and it's such a, a high-speed corner, turn one is. And the higher the speed the tuck is, really the more difficult it is to save because of the energy um, and the load and just the speed and everything. And it's certainly more difficult. Um, I know I could save a lot of front end tucks, not only on my knee, but because I ran a lot of steering damper uh, stiffness, and that helped me uh, when I was riding the three cylinder because I was always tucking the front end on end. But it's Mark was able to do it. He ran wide, ran off the track. That allowed um, Danny and Johan, or Johan and Danny, to get by, and then Mark was still in third place and or fifth place, excuse me. And it was just, I think, with that lap, uh, Dovey crashed, and then Jorge uh, Lorenzo crashed. So both the Ducatis out were, were out within one lap, and pretty much everything was settled in. You know, Mark was going to be world champion. He was going to come home in third. And now the excitement was going to be, would, would Johan win the race, uh, win his first race of the season, or would Danny uh, end the season strong for him and for the Honda team? And on the last lap, Danny was able to get by Johan and, and win the race. Great performance for him. It was great to see Danny, such a nice guy, and, and come through and, and win, the, win the race. And Mark was able to win his sixth world championship. Obviously, the Yamal team, as I said, there was certainly that disappointment there uh, with them. And, and, you know, they've got to get prepared for next season. I will be doing a, a actual... Uh, end of the year review where I'm going to go through with each rider and talk about that and, and a little insight into the riders and, and what I believe where they're at and, and maybe where they're going with that and one of them certainly obviously is is Valentino and, and where he's at you know he's crashing a little bit more and is is his time coming to an end I know for all MotoGP fans don't want to see that it's incredible for the sport and it's just great to watch him ride and it's certainly been a real treat over these 20 years but I know that he wants to be able to have a chance to win and certainly as he showed like it you know the last races I mean he can be right there on any given Sunday and 
we'll have to see what Yamaha is able to do with their with their bike for 2018 to kind of get back up to the place consistently week in and week out of the Honda and the Ducati. But again, what a great year for Dovin. He certainly showed that he has made that next step up in his performance. And Mark has shown what a great rider he is with his sixth championship and what he's able to do each and every week to overcome some of the problems that he has and with the bike or save a crash and bring excitement to Grand Prix racing. It's been a great year, and I will look forward to doing it again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.